Hello and welcome to Exploring Digital Spheres, a podcast produced by the Humboldt Institute for Internet and Society. My name is Wouter Bernhardt, and that sound you just heard is a sorting algorithm, a computer program that is trying to organize a whole bunch of data. Here's another one for you. Algorithms make up a huge chunk of our daily digital experience. Whether you're filling out an online form, or posting a photo on Instagram, or maybe clicking on the next recommended video on YouTube, algorithms are deeply rooted within all of these processes. But even though algorithms are at the heart of everyday computation, more recently they have gotten quite a bit of a bad reputation. Algorithms are supposedly manipulating our online behavior, and apparently do so without the adult supervision of our leading computer scientists. So today, we're taking down this rhythm of algo. How do they work? What do we need them for? And should we be scared of algorithms taking control of our everyday lives? I'll be discussing these themes with Björn Scheuermann, a research director at the Humboldt Institute. Machine learning and what we call artificial intelligence is nothing but statistics. Björn has a background in computer science and mathematics and is also managing director of the Department of Computer Science at the Humboldt University. Being able to code from an early age, Björn often takes the perspective of an engineer rather than a scientist and learned how networks and other digital technologies interact with humans and society. Yeah, I'm, I'm a computer scientist. Uh, I studied maths and computer science and a tiny bit of physics and a bit of business administration, more involuntarily. Then I did my PhD in, in computer science and worked on computer networks and IT security and uh, more recently on computer engineering, so how to build computers. But uh, what always interested me is how this technology interacts with uh, humans and with society and talking to colleagues from other disciplines uh, about this type of question brought me to HIG and uh, yeah, more recently also brought me into the position of one of the research directors at HIG and uh, still in my, my research I'm mostly interested in uh, the tech aspects of of uh, computer science so i still build computers i still build computer networks um, and i still work on it security for instance on on algorithms that uh, provably technically guarantee a certain level of privacy for its users in different contexts. For instance, in one project where you're working with medical data, doing computations on data from uh, hospitals and doctors and health insurers, etc. Um, and doing these computations in, in a way that uh, doesn't reveal the data to other players. So uh, one hospital doesn't see what is in the patient files of another hospital, etc. But still we can do uh, medical statistics across many different data sources. So that's one of the the topics I'm interested in in my own research these days. Um, you were from an early 
age interested in coding you were interested in yeah basically writing computer language and let a computer do a certain task maybe on a very basic level could you describe to me what coding actually is and how an algorithm uh, works in terms of giving a computer a task yeah essentially a computer is a machine which can do any computation task and any computation task gives that gives you a huge uh, field of what you can do obviously any computing task so you have to tell the computer what exactly to compute and if we leave away all the computer language and all the technology behind it then it essentially boils down to something like maybe a baking recipe um, a baking recipe tells you what to do and uh, a baking recipe therefore is a good example of an algorithm in one sense because uh, you you get a, a sequence of steps and you follow these steps and then hopefully with a bit of luck you get the result that you intend uh, so it's like performing a computation in a very wide sense and the recipe tells you how to do it it's not a good example because recipes often leave uh, certain aspects open you still need some experience you do it right if you are extremely picky then often the formulations in the recipe are not uh, not uh, perfectly unambiguous in the sense that if you really want to get it wrong then you can do awful things and still in a sense stick to the recipe but if you consequently think this to an end and you try to write down the recipe in an absolutely unambiguous way um, then you're pretty close to an, to an algorithm if there's really only one possible interpretation of what to do so that even a totally dumb machine which has no idea what it's doing will always do exactly what you intended, given that you uh, correctly wrote down what you intended. Now, I can vaguely remember when I had maths, and I wasn't great at maths, but I can rem remember that we talked about algorithms. Logically, in math uh, class, we had an understanding of what an algorithm was, but actually only recently have I seen this, this term coming back in the public domain again. And I've started to realize or encounter it and start to think, what is this actually? People are talking about all oh, the algorithms, they, they decide what we see on the internet and what kind of advertisement we see and what kind of movies you click on in YouTube. Um, I found it very interesting that a lot of people describe the algorithms I, I heard in a sort of a negative way. They say the algorithms, they are the, the thing that, that manipulate us, that do something to us. Um, do we actually know what these algorithms actually do on the internet? For example, when I am on YouTube and I see all these clips recommended to me, um, is there anybody out there that knows why this particular algorithm is showing me these things? Um, in one sense, yes. In another sense, often no. Um, the thing that is hard to grasp for many people about this, uh, who are not used to, to thinking in terms of algorithms for a long time, is uh, that uh, this is all just computations, but uh, very complex computations, which uh, take a lot of data as their input. So uh, to break this down to, to something probably you and many other people will remember from, from school, if um, 
you have a triangle and you know the the length of two of its sides and you know the angle between these uh, two sides then you can even if you don't exactly remember how you can compute the length of the third side of the triangle so there's a formula for this and such a formula is like the most basic form of an algorithm because uh, you know what the input is the length of two sides and the angle between these and uh, then you know which sequence of steps you need to take to come up with uh, the result that you intend. And now the very same concept um, with much more complicated computations is uh, what is behind an algorithm and also what is behind an algorithm in the field of artificial intelligence. Just that the input is not just the two lengths and the angle, but uh, a huge pile of data, for instance, uh, collected by, by YouTube users. So uh, the, the, the uh, input to these computations could be what have millions and millions of, of YouTube users watched over the last few months. And then you s in this data, you have information like uh, people who clicked this video have also spent quite some time watching that video. This information in this, this data is obviously intuitively there. So uh, if you are watching the same video as many other people, then um, you might also be interested in the same videos these other people have found in this, this huge pile of video material on YouTube before. And uh, then there's the question, how can you dig this out? So what step of steps of computation do you need to do if... Uh, you have all this information in the background as input plus the input what you have watched recently and uh, then as the output uh, not having the length of the third side of a triangle but uh, as the output having a list of, of numbers of videos on YouTube that uh, might uh, correlate with what you are interested in. So the algorithm is a sequence of steps in order to solve a problem. In that sense, an algorithm is not that hard to understand, though with the introduction of terms like artificial intelligence and machine learning, things get a slightly bit more complicated. Listen to Björn explaining how a computer program is capable of correctly identifying a picture of an animal without ever having seen that picture before. You said it already once or twice. Could you maybe um, once more uh, give me a sort of terminology about what machine learning actually is? So machine learning is, uh, coming back to what I said before, a clever way of doing statistics. You, you have an algorithm which takes input data and uh, in, in many cases this means you have uh, labeled input data as it's called in computer science. So uh, for instance, you have pictures and they are labeled with uh, which type of animal do you see on that picture. And um, then you uh, put this as input data into the algorithm and the algorithm does uh, lots of complicated computations and lots of statistics. And... Uh, but in clearly understandable steps where it's not it doesn't wouldn't even take long at least among computer scientists to explain to someone else uh, what exactly which uh, type of computations are done so what the computer does and what comes out is uh, a so-called model and that model um represents again just in in uh, specifically structured data 
what are statistical um, interrelations between the pixels, so the color points in the yeah in the images and the classification result that is the label which animal is it have been discovered which in essence is kind of the same as how a human would learn the difference between say cats and dogs looking at uh, thousands of pictures of different animals during their youth learning this is a dog and this is a cat and this is a rabbit and uh, this is a duck etc um then Probably if you have all these, these pictures used for learning on the wall and you have the, the, the next picture and the task is to find out what animal is on this picture based on what you have learned from all the pictures on the wall, probably a human would be able to stand in front of the wall and say, yeah, it looks like, like this picture. And uh, our abilities to construct machine learning algorithms, which are able to do the same thing is uh, still very limited. So there are some steps in this direction, but it makes the algorithm more complicated because you want not only the result, but in addition to the result, you want that explanation. The key novelty here is, uh, in a sense, just the scale of the computation. So uh, the first algorithms in computer science, where computer science is coming from, they were quite simple. And uh, they were dealing with, uh, due to the capacity of early computers, also quite limited amounts of data, at least limited with today's, from today's viewpoint. And today we have amounts of data and computation speeds which uh, lead to results that uh, no human could possibly uh, reproduce with uh, a sheet of paper and a pencil, not even given uh, an entire lifetime or the remaining time of the existence of this universe. And uh, that uh, results in it being hard to, um, to understand why this result comes out, because we have no other way of obtaining this result than running the algorithm on a computer. And if you if you take that one step further, what could be the problem with that? The difficulty of checking where a certain result comes from, um, like if we can't really uh, check yeah, anymore well, how a certain result comes out, then then um, how do we rely upon that information? Yeah, of course, we humans want explanations, and we want that finger pointing to a specific single reason. But uh, in a way, since it's all computations on huge piles of data, machine learning and what we call artificial intelligence is nothing but statistics. It's a sophisticated and uh, in terms of its methods, sometimes novel way of doing statistics. So we have this data, we see patterns in that data, and we draw in a wide sense, conclusions from these patterns. Essentially, uh, there's this person, uh, going back to your YouTube example, watching the following five videos on YouTube, and then statistics, in a wide sense, tell us that uh, people who have watched these videos were also happy with uh, these other videos. Maybe happy just in the sense that they didn't stop them right after they started. And um, then computing 
the result that these are the other videos to be recommended is just a matter of actually not so complicated statistics and uh, recognizing which type of animal you see on a picture through machine learning is also just a very sophisticated way of, of doing statistics and uh, this super sophisticated way of doing statistics um, builds on so much input data and tangles them together in, uh, in so long and so many computation steps that uh, simply in this pile of input data, you can't pinpoint the one single data item that led to the outcome. And that's what uh, bothers humans. You clearly having an oversight of what computing is, algorithms, uh, studying this topic for quite a long time, being the director of the institute, um, you clearly have less of an issue of sort of trusting these algorithms and the computing, whereas you said humans in general have an issue not understanding precisely where this specific result comes from. Um, do you see it as one of the main tasks in trying to convince people to do trust the computers a bit more? Mm, I fully trust the computers, which does not mean that I always trust the outcome of uh, machine learning-based classification algorithm, because uh, the outcome depends on the model, and the model depends on the input data used for training the model, for learning, uh, so for uh, extracting these uh, statistical interrelations. So if uh, you have an input data set where each uh, dog on one of these images is labeled as a pig, then it will learn the wrong things. If you have an input data set where you have thousands of pictures of dogs and thousands of pictures of cats and only one single picture of a rabbit, then uh, the algorithm will likely not be particularly good at uh, recognizing other uh, rabbit pictures correctly because uh, so in human terms we would say it doesn't have enough experience with that but uh, in, in more technical terms it's just it doesn't have enough input to really discover what the statistical features are that should be present in an image to uh, make it plausible that it should be labeled a rabbit so uh I fully trust that the computations done by the algorithm apply the statistical model correctly and that the computations performed by the learning algorithms, algorithm which builds that model from the sample input data does its job perfectly right. 100% oh, trust in that. But that doesn't mean that I fully trust all the conclusions drawn from that statistical model. Uh, maybe as a last question, um, sort of a more meta level, uh, the research into all of this. Um, when you see your own research and you see people doing research here at the, at the HIG, um, what are the challenges that people have researching algorithms and in relation to maybe um, artificial intelligence? Where do you see the, the research going and what do you see as the hurdles for this particular type of research? I think the, the main hurdle is that getting an intuitive understanding of what is technologically going on is still very hard if you're not deep on the techie side. So um, I think computer scientists need to try much harder to explain what exactly they are doing in, in simple terms. 
and uh, I think it uh, has been for a long time and still is the key challenge in that uh, regard. And after all, that's what we're doing here at HIG. That was Björn Scheuermann explaining the essence of the algorithm. To find out more about his research or, for example, see which events the HIG is organizing, check out hiig.de. In the next Outside episode, HIG researcher Thomas Bechle is talking to Nick Coldry, professor at the London School of Economics and Political Science. Among other things, they will talk about Coldry's concept of data colonialism. Facebook moves into Africa and tries to offer a stripped-down form of uh, the internet called Facebook Free Basics to 23 African countries. That is a neo-colonial move. This was Exploring Digital Spheres, 